So I'm reading this book. It's called Lavender by Tiffany Nicole. There's a beautiful quote in this book. I am my own love language that I've learned to speak fluently. Hmm. The entire universe can see your beauty, can you? These are two reflective questions that causes one to ponder and to look inside and think about what in the world is beauty? What is beauty to you? What does it mean to show up in the world as your beautiful self? Listen, welcome to About This Life with yours truly, Anne Marie. About This Life is intentional. In <laughs> conversations to manifest the life we want. No more regrets, only lesson learned. No more fantasies of what could be. Let's make it happen. Sometimes this, it means letting go of mindsets and healing old wounds. So we can make space, make room for the gift of life, for new experiences. It's about learning to live and learning to live well. It is my pleasure to welcome today's guest, Candace Camille. Candace. <laughs> oh my goodness. I absolutely love that quote when you're talking about showing up as yourself or what does beauty mean to you or most of the time you know when I think about just showing up right here and I'm super excited to be here thank you for giving me the opportunity Anne Marie to just be here and be messy I like messy because where can you go after messy other than cleaning it up right and to clean it up it takes practice and basically for me when you're talking about showing up in beauty I think of just nakedness because nakedness we may look at as messy, right? But it's you. It's you being your uniquely self and nobody could be you. You know, I show up sitting in the center of my soul daily and that's just me being uniquely me. Oh no one can be you. Sitting in the center of my soul. Oh my word. We, we starting, we coming out like that already. The box out the gate. Well, Candace, you are CEO of your namesake, Candace Camille International, Plank Talk Nation. Let me say that again because we're going to get into that. Plank Talk Nation. You are an award winning, sought after international speaker and media personality. You are the founder of Sexy Fit and Well, as well as the best-selling author of the book of the same title, Sexy Fit and Well Fitness on the Go. Candice, let's talk about sex. <laughs> let's talk about sex. About you know, sex. We know the song because, you know, we immediately get your attention when we use yes. the next word, right? But you know, when I think about sex and just being sexy, of course, it's just a state of mind, right? Who gets to tell us if we're sexy or not other than you? And why are you listening to them other than you? But for me, sexy means this, right? It starts every day 
execute your x-ray vision and stay yoked up. And let me tell you, those acronyms are so powerful because anything that you do, when you're talking about as you came on intentionally, right? You've got to get up every day with an intention. Like what's your intention after God opened up your eyes and wake you up? How are you starting your day, right? What is it you want to do? And then when you think about it, what do I want to do when you make a decision? The S is start. The E is execute. What are you going to execute during the course of your day that's going to make you good? Only you, right? And then the X is, you know, we think about an X when you talk about an acronym and word. Only thing comes to mind, of course, is X-ray, right? And when you think of an X-ray, that's the inside of you, right? So when you think about your X-ray vision, like what is your vision for your day from the inside out? And mm. then yeah, from the why is just yoked. Who are you connected to? Because even when you read the Bible and you're talking about the oxen and the yokes and what got him through, what did they connect to? What did the oxen connect to? What were they yoked to? Because a lot of the times, especially as we get older, we can't do this life by ourselves, right? We can't be out here life and by ourselves, but you have to be very, very mindful and intentional on who you yoke to, who you connected to, that's going to take you to your sexiness. See, that's what sexy means to me. It's a state of mind because once you get it in your mind and you start the daily practice, oh, the outside is a given. It's a bonus, actually. <laughs> it definitely is a bonus because you walk a little different. You walk into a room and you show up in the boardroom, just a little bit different when you know you're sexy. And that comes from the inside when you're sitting in the seat of your soul. I'm, not, I'm loving that. From your book, Sexy, Fit, and Well, you have affirmations. And let me tell you, when I was going through the 30-day plank challenge, we'll get into what that is in a minute, I would write the affirmations on my wall. <laughs> and I would look at these affirmations. One of the things you always say, Candace, my health is the first thing. Everything else is the next thing. Tell us a story about how you got here because you have had some health challenges. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I wasn't always there. My health was just like everyone. We think about it. We so busy in the world working, trying to make money. We ain't think about our health. We keep saying we're going to get to it one day or someday. And we all know that someday or one day ain't a day of the week. So it never, ever comes around until something happened. And something happened to me, you know, about 30 years ago, I got diagnosed with cancer, running around. I was rushing the work in my car, rushing and had an accident, a rush into work, trying to get to work on time. Car hit me. I hit my head pretty hard. And even then I was concussed, but I still was worried about how dare you hit me and I got to get to work on time. You know, my boss is going to get on my nerve. I'm going to get fired. You're still in that state of mind. And I remember the EMT saying to me, ma'am, please be still, you know, hit your head pretty hard. You know, you're not lucid. You're talking crazy. They thought I was crazy because I was trying to get to work. Right. right. They wind up taking me to the hospital that I worked in because I worked in pulmonology, right? At the time, and they took me to the hospital and they did the x-rays and so forth and so on. And yes, I had a concussion, but what happened 
next was what changed my life. As they were doing the scans and everything, they saw a spot in my throat. And it was like, you know, you have a, a mass of something in your throat. And we don't think that came from the accident. So we want you, you know, so further testing and just to speed it up, long story short, you know, weeks later, I was diagnosed with tracheal cancer. And that changed. And that's an unusual one, too unusual because it was like I didn't smoke all the things when you think of what's going on in your breathing tubes and you know your lungs and everything generally come from smoking but there was secondhand smoking but one of the things about as I moved on into life where I learned that it comes from when can't because we all have cancer it's just a matter what you do with your life is it going to get malignant or stay benign? You know, before then I was homeless. I was in the streets. I was doing some God awful things, eating out the garbage can, you know, so there was a horrific, horrific life. But about time I had the accident, I had moved from horrific to terrific. But in my terrificness came back the horrible life that I lived before then. Because again, what's done in your past generally catches you in your future. And that that's what happened. So for living that life, and I still hadn't turned it all the way around, but I was no longer homeless. I was no longer wondering where I was going to eat, where I was going to sleep, or was sleeping in the mailbox under houses, or whatever the things that I had to do in order to survive. I was no longer there had worked my way out of this, but from living that life, it sort of caught up with me because to this day, they still couldn't tell me where it came from other than your stressors. Or when you think about the chakras in your body, this is your root chakra, or one of your root chakras, your throat, which is the fifth mm -hmm. chakra. Mm -hmm. And it just closed down. And that's generally where we hold everything, where we communicate from. So it pretty much closed down. So it was a way of shutting me down. And it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Because in that moment, for about 18 months of my life, they thought I was going to die. And they actually told me if I didn't have surgery, you know, that I would die. Um, so and the I accident was like by divine appointment. You know? Yeah, when, when, when you think about it, you know, back then I was pissed at God. Are you kidding me? I wasn't thinking about no divine appointment. <laughs> the hell, you know, all this crap that I went through because all of our life we hear, you know, God take care of babies and fools or whatever. And I was like, I hadn't done anything wrong. I didn't do anything. So again, my circumstances was just is. Now I know enough to know I don't blame anybody. It just is. You know, I I no longer blame my parents. I, don't, I no longer blame anybody from being abusive because one of the things I've learned out of all of that is that what people do is not my issue. That's on them. It has absolutely nothing to do with me, even my parents. So getting beyond the hate of of everything that was going on, I had to forgive myself and forgive them in order to move so I can understand what divine appointment really means. And that's basically because I was angry at God. Oh my goodness. Because, you know, I'm like, I didn't ask for this life. I didn't ask to get beat from my, my parents. I didn't ask to get beat in the street from the guys that I dealt with going through domestic violence or be homeless or anything else. You know, I wasn't out here robbing, stealing. I wasn't, in my mind, I wasn't doing anything wrong. This was something that just 
happen. So it had to take me a minute to understand God and that he even exists because we were taught that God is this supernatural being mm -hmm. up in the sky somewhere, you know, that was going to reach down and help you if he so take care of you. And all you had to do was pray and pray it away. And yeah. if, if the prayer wasn't answered, then there's something wrong. Part of your focus in Sexy Fit Well is also mindset. So just in the last few minutes, you've talked about domestic violence, abuse. How do you get to a point where you move from, it's on them, it's not your issue? Because I'm wondering, did you blame yourself at first or was that not an issue? How did you get to a point where you said, that's not me, I'm going to do something with my life? I didn't blame myself. What I know that I did, I did what I did in order to survive. Because again, when you on the street, anything better than living in the street. So when I met a guy that took me off the street, actually, I was grateful because I had a kid. We no longer had to sleep in the phone booth under a house, but you don't know you're going out from the frying pan into the fire. You just think you're going into something good. But at the end of the day, going in that to that situation, what I saw, I was better off in the street than with this man beating my behind every single day for the next four years that I would allow it to happen. And a lot of times she says, why do you allow it to happen? Because in a sense where you figure both were hell, at least you were inside in your hell. All he's going to do is smack you around, you know, take sex from you and all kinds of stuff. But you can deal with that as long as, you know, my child had a place to live. I can deal with that because, you know, as women, we do some stuff for our children, not yes. understanding what's going to happen on the outcome. But then one day, here's the switch. Because again, in my youth, even being homeless and being not, you know, my father and my mom and dad doing the best that they could at the time. And I'm going to say their child abuse was their best because that's what they knew at the time. Me looking for affection and attention. I was a smart ass kid. Let me tell you something. I was a straight A kid. The only reason why I didn't get valedictorian in my class and I got Saludia Victorian because I had a nasty mouth, you know, again, trying to get attention, but they couldn't. So everything I do. So I figure at home, I'm going to get beat. In school, I want to be noticed for something good. And I noticed that in order to be good, you had to be good. You had to get A's. And so you I got perform. I, I performed when I tell you, and that's why a lot, even in my book and everything is all about performance, because no matter what you're doing in life, you are performing. So my thing was, I'm going to perform well in school. They're going to know who I am. They're going to know my name. My grandmother say, go to the front of the room. And that's where I always saw myself. Don't sit in the back. Don't show up with black on. That's why you see me with all of my crazy colors, right? And go to the front of the room because you have to be the bright light in your life. And that didn't start coming back to after I realized when you said, how did you switch? After I realized I deserve better than this. That was it. I deserve better. And then once you get into that mindset and saying, this is not my life, I don't deserve to be beat. I didn't do anything to be beat. 
I don't want to live this life. I'm better than that. I'm smarter than that. I am worthy of more and I deserve more. But that was the word that I used. I deserve more. So what? You deserve more. We say these words all the time. How do you manifest it? We didn't know anything about what manifestation and all of that stuff was back mm -hmm. then. You know, mm -hmm. it says, you know, I deserve more. No one said, well, okay. Well, then I'm going to give you more. <laughs> what's, what's, what's next? But again, all the things that we do now, these little things, we've been doing them for years. We did, we just put a name to it when you're talking about manifesting what you want. So when you talk about you deserve more, and I thought I deserve more, listen, a plan came. See, you have to think it. Once you get clear and know that you deserve more, when you talk about God, he will give you the plan and you don't even know it's God, but it just automatically come because in the moment you say that you deserve more, you get clear and with clarity comes a plan. So I yeah. had a plan. <laughs> It's like you get clear in a sense that you understand what you know will no longer accept. Oh, yes, because one of the things about it is that when people violate you and you tolerate it, if you continue to tolerate it, they'll continue to violate you. So you have to stop the violation. And that's basically what I did. So did it happen overnight? No, ma'am. I was living with a man that was absolutely crazy. So he was doing drugs, had me doing drugs, not doing drugs, selling drugs. Because one of the things I was smart enough about is never to put any in my mouth, but doing the domestic violence issues so he can keep me under control. He shoved the pills down my throat mm. to make me, you know, do the drugs. And I would mm -hmm. go make myself throw up. It was still in my system, but that was a way of controlling me. But then instead of fighting him, I act like I would take the drugs, put them under my tongue and spit them out. So again, when you say you get clarity, you have to get yourself out of the situation without getting hurt or without getting killed. So mm -hmm. when you're in situations like that, because they were volatile. At the end of the day, it was like, okay, I still have to make him, I'm no longer going to fight him. I'm going to do make what him believe, make him believe, do what he want. Like this was his idea and his plan. So when you're talking about being an entrepreneur, he was a drug dealer, right? So now with that behavior, he gave me, he trusted me more. So I would have, I had his money and everything. So I had a plan to start play, saving. So I start saving money. I start researching and doing the things I needed to do to get out. I did that for one year. So when you're talking about being an entrepreneur and a financial advisor of your own self, when you don't have nothing to get out, I applied for school. I applied for college. I went, snuck and went to school. And even when he found out, he burned my clothes, cut all my shoes off, and I still went. But at the end of the day, you have to be courageous enough to either create the plan to get out or just get out. I wasn't savvy enough at the time to just take my garbage bag and my kid 
and just mm -hmm. go out in the streets. And that's because I already lived in the street. I may have done it if I wasn't in the street because I hear a lot of stories. I just took my bag, my garbage bag and my kid and I left. But see, I already lived that life and I, I, I didn't know what it's like. That. And I know what it's like. I know what I had to do out there in order to survive. I had to steal. I had to cheat. You know, I, you know, you do some things in order to survive out there. And I didn't want that because I thought that would be going backwards. Going backwards. And oh. one of the things you always say, Candace, is better is always available. I remember that too, my 30-day <laughs> challenge. See, I learned something from you. Yeah, I, I want to go. I want to go to one of your words um, from your book because your book lists all of these different words, affirmations, and then it gives us questions for reflection. Freedom. What do I want to get free from? <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> that's a loaded on that for us. What do you want to get free from? <laughs> Listen, that's a loaded question because there's so many dynamics and so many lanes that we have to create freedom in our life in order to be whole. We are enslaved with a lot of stuff, right? And you, your mind, your body, your soul, your money, you know, there's so much stuff that we enslave to and what do you want to get free from in order to do it? Self-doubt, you know, low self-esteem, low self-confidence, and all of that stuff is a, around the mindset inside yourself. And one of the things about freedom is just a hindrance. When you think of what's hindering you, what's holding you down, and what's then you binding to, you. What's yeah, what's what's that bind that you got that's holding you down that just won't let you get up? But here's the thing. We think it's an outside thing and it's an inside thing. See, a lot of the times we think that, you know, doors of opportunity and doors are open, but sometimes you ain't even willing to open up your own door and you have to be willing to open the door to your mind in order to get better. And it's just not an affirmation. You know, we think about it that is hope, you know, there's hope, there's prayer, there's faith, there's belief, you know, all of that inside of God, right? That's what we think God going to do it. But mm -hmm, one, mm -hmm. one thing, you know, you got mm -hmm. that, that prayer, that hope, that faith, that belief, you know, and that's four of them. And I always say, you know, you got to operate in the power of five, which is grace, but that fifth one is work. And you have to say, what am I willing to do to do the work on a consistent basis. See, I want y'all to catch that word consistent. consistent because consistency is what's going to get you free from what's holding you down and what's bonding you. Because if you don't be consistent with it, and it, it's almost like the story with a man digging and digging and digging for the goal and never got to it. And, and you go back, you keep digging and digging and go back. But a lot of the times if we're not consistent and we're just backing and forth, backing and forth, instead of digging out, we digging more back in to what's holding us down. So if you don't practice consistency and commit to and, and create a discipline for whatever level of freedom you want to get to, you're never, ever going to get free. And it's almost like, because if you start a thing, like you start an exercise program, but then you're not consistent with it, what happens is you say, oh, that didn't work. So why should I even try? 
or you're constantly starting over and over and over again. And then at the end of the year, you're like, I didn't get as far as I wanted to be because the consistency was missing. Well, it, consistency was missing. But when you get there, you have to ask yourself why. Because there's an underlining limited belief that you're going through that keeps you from being consistent. So a lot of times we, we have to dig real deep because sometimes our why is beneath the why. Because you hear a lot of the big why. But a lot of it is beneath the big why, which takes you all the way back. So if you don't do the work, because you know that the quote is the only way out is back through. So if you don't go back and find what in your life that you were consistently stopping and starting with, or who created this for you, who gave you that? Was it your mama? Was it your grandmother? Like, who put that idea in your mind? Someone put that in your mind. And for a simple thing that says, you know what? You don't have to finish. You know, at least you did something. And that's what I hear a lot with my clients, right? But mm -hmm. see, that's a limiting belief that was planted. So when they say, well, you know, coach, at least I did something. And I would say to them, why are you giving yourself an out? Because you didn't finish. Because you didn't finish what you started, but you have to go back and figure out why didn't you finish? Don't give, I'm not going to pat you on the back for failure. No matter how you look at it, it's for you to deal with. You keep giving yourself out. And if you keep giving yourself an out, you're going to always be here. You're not going to get beyond it. So you have to decide if it's a result and a goal you want to get to. If And if you say, I'm doing this, but at the end of the year, I'm not where I wanted to be. And you look back because a lot of times we don't want to look back. We will just say we did something. But see, you have to look back and figure out what stopped you. And then you got to go back and fix that. See, we're not willing to go back and fix this or that what stopped us because we are, what's the word I'm looking for? Just settled. We settled that we did a little something and it wasn't nothing. But did you do what you said you were going to do for you? This is so good. I say that because there are some people who don't recognize that they might not be able to progress or to move forward in your life, but they don't understand what you just said. That is to get to the mindset underneath the action you're trying to achieve. So if I'm trying to be fit, but I keep stalling, what happens in my life? What belief system? What values? Where did I learn that from? Why do I give myself outs? And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking all my outs. <laughs> I'm like, I show up at the gym, but my golly, that apple pie looks good. And so it's like I'm canceling out. But you're <laughs> not, and that's the piece. And you're not canceling out. And that's the piece that we miss when it comes to movement and meals and mindset. So when you think about the MMs, and that's what I say. Okay, come on, bring it so on. Let, 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 let me talk MMs. Everybody wants some MMs, you know, and I'm not talking about the peanuts, right? So look, uh -huh. 
you know? So when you're talking about movement, meals and mindset, and it all goes together, well, who says in life that we can't have apple pie? You can, you really can, but because of social media, we thought because we have been bamboozled, what's in the media and what folks has been telling you, you know, that if you want to be sexy, fit, and well, you can't have apple pie. I'm right. going to tell you as the bad, baddest outside coach there is, right? Right? You could have apple pie, but why in your mind do you think that you can't and it's going to throw you off your physical game? But here's why I'm thinking it's going to throw me off my physical game. My cat just just told me. <laughs> she wants to get in a conversation too. But, but here's the thing though, why I use apple pie as a symbol because apple pie is a comfort food. I go to my comfort food, either as many people do when they're stressed, but it is filling up something inside of me. So I'm dealing with there's either the absence of something, which is why I'm, I'll sit down and eat the whole pie. <laughs> you know, well, that's just the deal on that end. But <laughs> it's either missing or I'm trying to fill it up with something. So it's almost like I'm sabotaging myself. It's uh, not a sabotage, but here's what you're doing. You teach me. Come on. You can't fill a hole in your soul with food. Mm -hmm. Your soul has nothing to do with food. So mm -hmm. no matter, and the reason why you keep doing it, because no matter how much comfort food that you eat, it's not going to heal your soul because mm. when you're not stressed. That's from a cellular level. Food can't touch there. Only thought and God can touch, can touch that spot. Say that again, Candace. <laughs> Only thought and God can touch <laughs> that spot. Soul. So when you're eating apple pie and you're thinking this is going to make me feel better, it is not simply because food can't touch your soul. I can't say that enough because you get that stress eating and, and you feel good because if you feel good, it has nothing to do with the food other than the ingredients that's in the food, the dopamine, the sugar, and all of that stuff that messes with your brain, you know, more so than anything. But in terms of it, it's simply because, again, it goes back to limiting beliefs and what we were taught. When we weren't feeling well, we got food. Come on, baby, sit down. We're going to fix yeah. you yeah. So a lot of that stuff goes back to, again, limiting beliefs, what we were taught. We celebrated food. Everything was food. You got to be in. They gave you food afterwards to comfort you, right? If you got, <laughs> if you got good grades, <laughs> if you got good grades, they gave you food. It was a celebration. So what they knew, but again, that was at their, our elders, our ancestors, that's what they had and that's what they know. But the one thing when you think about the food that they had and doing, especially like during slavery times, you have to remember they were just given scraps. So they, they had to eat what they they were giving, but not only that, they were moving, you know, they were working. It kind of canceled itself out. And today, y'all, y'all know we ain't moving. We ain't moving. Sitting is the new smoking. And when you're talking about sitting here, we sit down, 
more hours in a day and night. We will sit down and look at Netflix for three, four hours and got up and did a squat, a plank or push up. So at the end of the day, we have time. You just have to decide what is it that you want to do. Even when you're emotional, one of the things I always say to my clients, right? And when you emotional and you ask yourself, why am I eating this? But when it comes in terms of your diet, I want you to ask yourself, do I eat this? Do I eat this? Because apple pie, take a piece. The question is, do I eat another? Because it's not the one slice of apple pie that gets you in trouble. It's the whole pie that gets you in trouble. Because we're going to sit down and we're going to eat and we're going to eat and we eat. But you can't eat your woes away. And then again, if you ate the whole apple pie, so what? Get up and get back on your plan. So you can't beat yourself up for something you can't undo. And that's what I want. You cannot beat yourself up for something you can't undo. You can't undo that apple pie. <laughs> so at the end of the day, what's your next move? And going back full circle to what you were saying in terms of waking up every day and being intentional of how to set my day. So Candace, this is why you're a certified emotional mastery coach. <laughs> this talk today, I don't know what it is, but I needed this conversation to happen. So in addition to be a, being a certified personal trainer, you have that background as a respiratory care practitioner, pulmonary function specialist. You are also a certified emotional mastery coach. And one of the things that you would say as well, I want to get back to the plank in there. He pray and plank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's just habitual. See, pee, pray, and plank is my habitual routine. It's a routine. So when you're talking about getting up, talking about being free, you know, when you get up, what's your habits daily? Pee, pray, and plank, listen, it's done every single day without fail when I roll out the bed. You know, because when you talk about your health is the first thing and everything else is the next thing, I tell folks all the time, there's God, there's me, and then there's everything else in that order. It never, ever changes. So when you're talking about having that type of habit, that's where you set yourself up to be consistent. What the Plank Talk Challenge did was set me up for consistency beyond consistency. Because at the end of the day, one of the things I know that I can get up in the morning and operate in my peas. You know what? You get up, you pee, you pray, you plank. But when you do that, you set your day with an intention, knowing that you already started your self-care, self-love routine before anybody got into, before you let anybody into your space. And that's one of the things that makes you feel absolutely amazing because a lot of the times when we get frustrated is because we have given so much of our time away that now there's none left for ourselves. So the P, pray, and plank was me getting up, making sure I do myself and do God before I let the world in. Before you let the world in and answer to the demands of your time. Mm -hmm. So when we take a look at pee, pray, and plank, we're setting an intention for our day. But Candace, you don't just plank one minute, two minutes, 
I reset a couple of months ago. I'm trying to get to the two minute plan. Huh? How long do you plan for now? What are you, you up to? So, so now I'm back in practice because, you know, before COVID, I was a contender, world contender for planking to get into the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, and at that time, I was planking for four hours, right? So oh. still continue. I can't even think four minutes. <laughs> and what you know, and that's all you need. Actually, all you need is three minutes unless you're doing something. Um, like for World yourself. Book. <laughs> world unless, you're, unless you're training. Like if you are training for an event, Trying to get into the Guinness Book of World Records is an event that I'm training for. If you're not training for it, then there's no need for it, but there is a need for planking. So when you think about planking as a personal trainer, the story behind planking, again, me in one of those moments, it always go back to your mindset. People always ask me, you know, seven, eight years in, you still planking. Where did this all come from? It came back in 2015 in December, around this time of the year, because at this time of the year, I was married for a very long time, lost my husband half. You know, like I said, I have moved over to terrificness. He was the terrificness in my life. You know, like, like when you talk about Rags and Rich's story, he was it. So at the end of the day, things were like really, 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 really good. So when he died, you know, my life changed, you know, so around the holidays, just like anybody else, I get very, very sad. I have to keep myself busy because that time with him was, whoo, girl, I can't even mm. explain it. It was just orgasmic. So when you think about that daily, so around this time of the year and he's not around, I get in a moment and sometimes I'm, I'm able to control it. But 2015, oh my God, I wasn't able to control it. I was out of control in misery. And I ran, I did everything to try to, everything that I knew. If it wasn't for my clients showing up daily, I didn't know what I would do. You know, so God put them in to show up daily at 5.30 in the morning. They they ringing my bell, like coming to work out. And I was going to do my clients. Because, you know, we do other people things. We're going to do yeah. our own, yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm going to do my clients. But what I didn't yeah. know is they saving my life at the time. And when December, when we got all of that snow and all everything went away, man, I went in a state of depression that I didn't even see my way out of. All I did was stay in the bed. I washed my behind, brushed my teeth. I, and I didn't drink that much water. So I wasn't peeing, playing and planking back then. So it was just in the bed. And I remember one day saying to God, please help me. Cause you know, you just call out and I remember, yes. you know, I remember God saying to me, and I think this is a time when I used to hear people saying, God, talk to them. I'm like, girl, get out of my face with that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 40 years, until this day. And I remember crying and saying to God, you know, please help me get me out of this bed. And I remember God saying, get up and get down and pray. Cause I was still laying down on the pillow praying and, and he says, get up. So, you know, when God tell you to get up, you think you're going to get on your knees and continue to pray. And I did that. And then I hear God say, lay down. So in my solace mind, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, because you, you got no nutrition and you ain't thinking straight. You know, I won't say solace or reprobate, you know, it was crazy at the time. Right. Right. And I'm arguing with God and he says, lay down. And then finally he says, just lay down. So, okay. I'm like, okay, so we're going to lay down and we're going to lay prostate before God. And I laid on the floor and continue putting my head down. And 
And God said, again, get up as I'm praying to him. And he says, get up. And I, when you, when I tell you, I was so confused, but this time when I got up, I literally lifted my body up in plank because I was a personal trainer by then. And I was just laying down and I literally just raised my body up on my elbows. Um, was form on? I don't know. But here's what I remember vividly. I remember a swoop of air, light or something evolving around my middle that was made me shake uncontrollably. Mm. And I fell mm. down and I started crying. But here's what happened. When I got off the floor, I got up, I brushed my teeth, I took a shower, I got back in the bed, but there was progress because for days I hadn't gotten out of that bed. I got me something to eat. I got back in the bed. From that day on, I got out of my bed, got in plank position until my body started shaking because in that moment, I knew that change was in the shake. So each day, that I got up and I continued to shake. I knew God was with me and I knew I was changing. I told a friend of mine what I was doing and I was feeling, I was talking because I wasn't talking to anybody for weeks. And he said to me, you know what, Candace, you need to take this to the world in lies, yeah. blank talk challenge 2016, because on January the 1st, that's when I took it to the world and say, listen, y'all, you don't understand. Y'all need to rise up because you are going to change your life. Your body may shake in 15 seconds, but let me tell you, changes in the shake. To this day, when I rise up, I still stay there until I shake because I'm changing. Change is in the shake. Change is in the shake. And I have to give kudos to you and give props to you because I, when I took the 30-day plank, oh, it must have been, it was during COVID. So I guess in 2020, I was going through a bout of depression and I would get up every morning. And I said, I am doing this for myself. So it manifested in me and I don't do it every day. So let me confess, I don't do it every day now, but you came to me into my life and knowing who you are and hearing you speak at some of the many places where you're invited to talk. And there, there are things that you are depositing in me that resonate with me. And I'm like, yes, I need to hear this. Yes, I need to know this. Yes, I need to study these words. So God use you. <laughs> to fill the rest of us. So I want to thank you for that. As we come to a close, there's been so much on this spiritual conversation, if you would. I didn't want to close without talking about the coalition just for a minute. And I know we don't have much time, but you're part of that 60 plus. So maybe you can tell us about the coalition for African-Americans in the performing arts. What is that organization about? Because there might be th that group out there that's looking for that spot where they can go and express themselves and be their own creative self and find their tribe, find their community. So tell us about that organization. 
you know, before I can even go to the CAPA, which is a, the Coalition of African-Americans of Performing Arts, I believe that I touch young girls' lives and I touch older women lives. And basically that's what it is, because again, that's where I think those major changes takes place in our life when we're small, because I'm also a running coach for a mentoring coach for young girls. The same thing, depositing the same thing on how do I impart impact? What is it that you can do today that will add more life to your years and years to your life? Speaking from a 11 year old, that sounds, you know, I'm 11. I got more life in me to live. But when you are in your 60s, we got more life in back of us than we have in front of us. But a lot of us, when we get in our 50s and 60s as women, we think our lives is over. So when I was asked to be the director of this 60s plus seniors program, and what the arts means is active, retired, talented seniors. So what it is, is that there's a place that we created in Capper, where you come and you get information, you get education, you get inspiration, you get motivation. And if you step into my personal world, you're going to get some perspiration because there's no movement. <laughs> there's no life without movement, especially when you're 60. So when they asked me to direct the program, one of the things Kappa's mission is to bring color to the classics. So it's a lot about opera and singing and movement and fluid. So when I say, well, we are liquid, we are fluid, as long as you allow me to bring the wellologist feel on it, I will direct this program. We started off with about eight members. Today, we have about 300 members, which has wow. this program has been in existence. We're just going into our second year, but we do everything as it increases your mind. It increases your body equity across the board. So we do things that increase the mind, that increase the body, that increase the spirit. So we have speakers that come in that not talk about, you know, when we get older, a lot of times we hear is, you know, what medicines we should take in the walkers we should mm -hmm. use and do we need care? Now, all of that stuff is at its place, but it's not in my place. See, because I just want to know what can we do to keep you moving? Because as long as you practice meals, mindset, and movement daily, you can keep moving for as long as you like when you come back to that consistent place. So we have yoga and aerobics, and I'm not talking about chair. The, I tell my members all the time, if you walk <laughs> in here, if you walked in here, you can stand up and do these exercises. So it's the same thing. So we have aerobics, we have bodybuilding, we have yoga, we have line dancing and Zumba, we have painting. So even all this stuff in the cognizance. So if you out there and if you know a senior that's looking for a place, please have them look up Kappa because when I tell you, we meet once a week, every Wednesday from 11 to 3 and we go in there to add keeping you active, number one, because a lot of times we're home by ourselves. So get up and go somewhere because it makes you better just to know that you're getting up going somewhere. But when you are around a bunch of positive people, that's going to make you feel better. So I'm not doing anything different there than who I am. It's the same thing with it. We're just doing it with seasoned. See, I'm going to say we are sexy, seasoned. seasoned and sassy as we get along with it. Because at the end of the day, it goes right back to your state of mind. And one of the things I cannot say 
and leave here. Listen, movement is medicine. If something is stopping you from moving, you got to get to the root cause. Don't mask it. Don't take stuff that's going to mask the whole problem. So you have to get to the root cause in your mind. You got to get to the root cause in your body and you got to get to the root cause in your soul. Because when things change from a cellular level, from a cellular level and a molecular level, when you're talking about your body and what's going on with it. So the more positive you put into the body, the more positive ions you put into the body, the more that you're going to give out. So if you're staying in a negative ion space, you're going to stay down. Let me tell you something. And the longer you stay down and lay down, the longer you're going to be down. And you have to ask yourself what's going to get you up. So I go there every Wednesday to continue the rise up. Because when we go back to Plank Talk Nation, it's about a nation of elevation. You know, I understand the assignment well from God now, right? Mm. When I tell you that it took me years to get myself in a alignment for his assignment, but I understand it well. And see, you have to come in agreement with it because it may not be your plan. But once you come in agreement with your assignment, you will go where God puts you. So for me, even with the, you know, the, the coalition, I had no idea. I went there as a speaker. So again, when you're talking about understand the assignment and getting alignment for it, you are where you're supposed to be if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. There is a plan for you out there. Are you listening to the plan? And I listen to the plan. Amen. 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 <laughs> How does anyone follow you, get in touch with you? Well, you can follow me on all social uh, media outlets, again, at The Wellologist um, or Candace Camille on Facebook. And IG is at The Wellologist. The X, LinkedIn is all at The Wellologist. Again, on Facebook, you can follow me, Candace Camille. Or you can follow the Sexy Fit and Well movement. You can join me there. I also have my fan page, Candace Camille, The Wellologist. You can find me for all wellness tips. Um, each and every day, I put a tip on how to, as Anne started with it, your health is the first thing and everything else is the next thing. Once you get that, God is going to be pleased because a lot of my clients say to me, you know, God first. I said, but if you following God, he all right with this. So again, your health is the first thing and everything else is the next thing. So follow me to get your tips, your tools that you can use to get to the best person. Always say most of the time we're on the hunt for the person we have yet to become. But if you don't know who you are, if you don't know where you're going, you're settling for what you find. You don't have to settle. You can find me and I'll help you get to the best of you. Amen. Definitely go find you in terms of the book, Sexy, Fit and Well, Fitness on the Go. Candace Camille, you have brought clarity in terms of what we can do in our lives to change it for the better. Thank you for being my guest. I am Anne Marie, host of About This Life, where we are changing our lives one day at a time.